Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone. Your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Command Zone Podcast. Yeah. I'm your host, Rachel Weeks. I'm one of your hosts, Jimmy Wong. Yeah. It's time to get into the ER, because it's a doctor time. <laughs> That's not approved by anyone associated with Doctor Who. It was a really bad pun. <laughs> trying to get into the BBC. What there you, do you go. Mean? Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so Doctor Who is officially in the magic world. This is going to be a continuation of all of our upgrades of the Doctor Who precons. Specifically today, we are upgrading the Blast from the Past deck. It Woo-hoo. is Bant. It is blue, white, and green. And it includes the first... Eight doctors? Yeah, yeah the doctors classic one doctors. Through eight. Yeah, there's a lot of doctors in this. Doctor Who had a huge long run before what we know as modern day Doctor Who. This is, and there are actually some episodes that I think are completely lost to time, like got burned up. You can no longer watch them. Wild. Wild. Yeah. So this is why Doctor Who is one of the longest running shows of all time. And there were eight doctors before we got into sort of like the modern uh, era of doctors, mm-hmm. the David Tennant's and all those. Right. The so nine through 13s. Yep. I played this deck on game nights, actually. This was the pre that I pre-conned mm-hmm. and uh, like all of our pre-con upgrade episodes we're going to talk about the stats uh, 10 cards to take in 10 cards to take out reprint value and all of that good stuff but before we get into it let's talk quickly about our sponsors cardkingdom.com slash command we love card kingdom in fact we just got back from uh, magic con las vegas that's why our voices are sounding so hoarse and mm-hmm. card kingdom they graciously are the ones that make sure that we have the decks that we need for game nights live because we trust them when we need to get an entire deck shipped in one convenient shipment they've got a big inventory they've got tons of cards and the best part is when you buy from card kingdom not only are you getting the cards you want you're also just supporting the show uh, game nights, command zone, extra turns, all that great stuff. So if you want to get a quick and easy deck list in there and get that order shipped to you all at once, one convenient package from a great company with great inventory and all that other stuff, cardkingdom.com slash command. And once those cards are in your hand, you're going to need to protect them, organize them, decorate them. Go to <laughs> ultrapro.com slash command. It's a great way to support the show and support your magic collection because they have the highest quality magic accessories in the business. They've got sleeves and play mats and binders, dice, everything that you need to make sure that your collection is is taken care of. We know magic cards are expensive. They're important to you. We trust Ultra Pro to make sure that our collections stay safe and you should as well. Plus, when you pick up stuff from Ultra Pro, you are supporting this show. Again, go to ultrapro.com slash command. Last way to support the show is directly at patreon.com slash command zone. We love our patrons. There's a discord that every patron has access to that Josh, myself, Rachel, we are all in there answering your questions. And there's also just a great community. You can hang out with other magic players and learn from them, ask them questions, or maybe be the one answering those questions. Talk about new shows like game nights the day they come out. In fact, patrons get access to extra turns and game nights a day early before the general public. And there's tons of other perks at the other tier. So make sure you check it out, including exclusive content. That's right. 
patreon.com slash command zone. And of course, we shout out one lucky patron every episode. So this episode is dedicated, dedicated to, to Stephen Strickland, Strickland Jr. 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 You Jr. rock. You do rock. All right, blast from the past. Let's blast it. Let's pre-con upgrade. 10 yeah. cards in, 10 cards out. Total budget now of $50. And of course, we usually leave the mana base as is because we want to be spending money on cool cards, not lands. Absolutely. But before we get into this upgrade, we want to get to know the deck off the shelf a little bit better so we know that the upgrade that we're doing is good for the deck and good for you when you're out playing it. So the first thing that we need to do is get to know the face commanders in this case. Yeah, there's actually a ton of doctor and companion pairings that could be the uh, commanders of this deck. So we're not going to cover all of them. We're going to talk about what are the most synergistic ones as well as the one that is sort of like the lead singers, the face pairings on the deck. Absolutely. And this one out of box has the fourth doctor in the command zone. It's two green and a blue for a time Lord doctor. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. And then it says, would you like a, and once, once each turn, you may play a historic land or cast a historic spell from the top of your library. When you do create a food token, Cool. he is a four, four. So historic spells, we'll be talking about them a lot today. They're either artifacts, a legendary spell. So a creature, sometimes sorcery, sometimes artifact, sometimes enchantment uh, or saga. Those are historic. So not enchantments it has to be legendary subtype or an artifact or a saga. Mm hmm. And the Doctor's Companion that goes with the fourth Doctor, naturally, although there are many options, is Sarah Jane Smith. One in a white for a 2-1 human detective. It says, whenever you cast a historic spell, investigate. This ability triggers only once each turn. She has Doctor's Companion. A refresher for those who haven't read Doctor's Companion, it says that you can have two commanders if the other is the Doctor. That's the ability Doctor's Companion. Uh, specifically, the Doctor are any creatures that have exactly the creature type Time Lord Doctor. Yep. So these two obviously make sense together. Sarah Jane Smith congratulates you when you cast historic spells by making clues. And then the fourth doctor allows you to look at the top of your library and cast it from there to do so. But we said there are eight doctors in this deck. So we're going to move on to the second option that you could put in the command zone of this deck. And this one I like quite a lot. It's the first doctor and Susan Foreman. So the first doctor is one of white and the blue for a 2-2 Time Lord Doctor. When the first doctor enters the battlefield, search your library and or graveyard for a card named TARDIS. Reveal it and put it into your hand. If you search your library this way, shuffle. And whenever you cast a spell with Cascade, put a 1-1 counter on target artifact or creature. So you're like, wait a minute, Cascade? What do you mean Cascade? Well, let's read the TARDIS, which is the artifact vehicle that the first doctor will tutor out for you. It's two mana for 2-4 artifact vehicle with flying and crew two. So total power of two or more creatures need to be tapped to crew it. So the first doctor can do so. And it says, whenever TARDIS attacks, if you control a Time Lord, the next spell you cast this turn has Cascade and you may planeswalk. So to make it even more complicated, there are plane chase cards that are also associated with the Doctor Who decks. We're not gonna be talking about them today, but the TARDIS, uh, notably, again, she's a two for flying for two, that's a vehicle. When it attacks, as long as you have a Time Lord out, so the, any of the Doctors, the next spell you cast has Cascade. And if we look back again at the first Doctor, it says whenever you cast a spell with Cascade, you get to put a one one counter on artifact or creature. Okay. Now let's talk about the companion that goes well with the first Doctor. It is Susan Foreman, one in the green, Doctor's Companion, 1-1. One, one. If you would Planeswalk, instead look at the top two cards of your planar deck, put one on the bottom of your planar deck and the other on top, then Planeswalk. So it, this allows you to sort of scry uh, 
through your your it's like almost like surveil-esque scry uh whenever you planeswalk but more importantly susan foreman is also a mana dork she can tap and add a green mana so if you're not playing plane chase then the planar deck text don't mean anything if you are playing plane chase then it's pretty sweet Notably, this trio comes with three cards in the command zone, kind of. Yeah. You have access to the first Doctor, TARDIS, and Susan Foreman. Who's a mana dork, so Plus, you kind of have yeah, everything. Your natural hand is seven cards, so you have ten cards to start the game. It certainly is a powerful set of commanders. Yeah, and the first Doctor even can grab the uh, TARDIS from the graveyard, which is really important. Yeah. With this kind of thing, you would expect some cast from exile synergies or just a lot of general value to make sure you were dumping permanents onto the battlefield. Cascade. The next option for this deck is the fifth Doctor. Also with Susan Foreman, we've read her before, but the fifth Doctor, like the first Doctor, is Azorius. It's two white blue for a 2-2 Time Lord Doctor. At the beginning of your end step, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature you you control that didn't attack or enter the battlefield this turn. Untap those creatures. So the fifth doctor puts counters on all of your stuff that has either been tapped for some sort of activated ability or, uh, you know, anything that just didn't attack gets you a little bit of value out of your activated ability creatures and like Susan Foreman. loads them up with counters. Yeah, exactly. Susan Foreman being the foremost for for the, the one that taps for mana. Ah, yes. All right. Next up, we got the sixth doctor and then he pairs with Romana the second. So the sixth doctor is four green and the blue for a three, three. Whoa. Six mana, three, three. Seems good. Yeah. It's got Time Lord's prerogative. Whenever you cast a historic spell, copy it, except the copy isn't legendary. This ability triggers only once each turn. That's pretty so, sweet. Yeah. Any artifact, legendary or saga you cast gets copied and then the legendaries are not legendary. So they get to still stick around on the battlefield so that's a very powerful ability and then Ramana the second is three in the white for a three three with vigilance and she can pay one and tap to create a tapped token that's a copy of target token that entered the battlefield this turn so that pairs really well together the sixth doctor copies a historic spell and the Ramana copies that by creating a tap token that's a copy of whatever the sixth doctor copies seems pretty good this is definitely the most expensive set of commanders that we've looked at so far. Yeah, a four drop and, four and drop. a six drop uh, in the command zone means that you're going to need a lot of ramp to get it going. But once you do, that's a very serious engine. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of value to be generated off of something like that. And the last one that we want to talk about is a solo commander and not a doctor at all. It's Alistair the Brigadier. It's a Brigadier. One, a green, white, blue for a human soldier. It says, whenever you cast a historic spell, create a 1-1 white soldier creature token. And then whenever Alistair attacks, you may pay eight. If you do, creatures you control get plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of historic permanents you control. So this is a very straightforward commander. It's like when you cast historic stuff, you get one ones. If you have all your historic stuff, you make your one ones big. Bant, run them over. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's boring, but <laughs> is definitely does what the deck does. The deck is full of historic permanence, so it gives you a payoff and yeah. a win con for it. I think if you're newer to commander and you want a commander to lead this deck that is just 
pretty traditional, uh, Alistair is a good option. Now, notably, when you're looking through the deck and you're like, oh, I compared this Doctor with this companion, keep in mind this is a Bant deck. So all of the pairs we talked about, the Doctor was two colors and the companion was the other color that wasn't represented in the Bant uh, trio. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to do the same thing and you're like, oh, I want to put Duggan, or sorry, I want to put Ace Fearless Rebel with the Fifth sixth, doctor, uh, sixth doctor or whatever. Well, that won't work because there's two green and a blue. There's no white in there, so you won't be able to pair it with the rest of the deck. But that means you'll just build a Simic deck, but it's not going to work in terms of like, oh, I want to swap them out to try this out this time. Yeah, the neat thing about these Doctor Who decks is they are full of commander options. If there's one that you like better that's in the 99, absolutely give that a shot. But again, make sure that it has the Bant color identity. All right, let's talk about the... Stats! 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 Pretty good. Yeah. So uh, when we break these down, we want to talk about what is in the 99 off the shelf when you buy this. Well, the 98, I guess, for this deck. Uh, when you buy this, what are you getting? And first, we're going to talk about the vegetables of the deck, the categories that we expect to show up in any kind of commander deck, starting with ramp. Yeah, 12 pieces of ramp, uh, which is good. And we'll talk about this. Maybe even needs to be higher because... There are so many four drops and fives and six drops in this deck. It is like Very a glut expensive. of four drops. Um, so 12 pieces of ramp, though, still not bad. You've got Simic in the colors here. You got green, so you should have no problem finding ways to get more ramp. There are 13 pieces of card draw in this deck, which is pretty good, mm -hmm. uh, especially considering the face commander has allows you to cast stuff off the top of your library. So there's some more card advantage there. Some of the, them are clues, though, which isn't amazing card draw, but still do count. Exactly. This deck is very mana hungry, uh, especially when in that card draw slot. And slow. Uh, next up, we have 11 pieces of targeted interaction. So we like seeing this number being higher and higher. Obviously, you're in white, so you're going to get some of that good stuff there. But yeah, this is pretty standard. And again, based on your playgroup, you got to tune that up or down. Yep. There are three board wipes, a pretty traditional number. I'm usually between two and three when I build a deck these days. So perfectly happy to see three here. And then 36 lands of them, only seven are basic lands. That is really crazy about these Doctor Who precons is there is a ton of non-basic lands in every single one of these decks. Yeah. Which means that we've got a lot of playable lands. We're going to talk about the uh, individual reprints in a little bit, but many of them are our lands. Very exciting. Yeah. And it also means that you're just going to get all your colors because three colors is a bit hard to hit. Absolutely. Um, especially in the pre-con. All right. Now let's talk about the cards that are specific to the deck. Um, obviously, historic spells matter, and we have 50 of them in the deck. Now keep in mind, Soul Ring counts. So some of them, you may be like, oh my gosh, 50 unique historic spells. Well, some of them might just be your regular ramp cards. Talismans, yeah, and, talismans and that kind of thing. But there are 50 total, and that's, that's a lot. That's half the deck. I wanted to call this out specifically because there's a number of companions that care about sagas. There are only eight sagas in this deck right. off the shelf. Uh, so uh, I think there's two companions in this deck that are care specifically about sagas. And I don't think they're going to be great out of the box, although they may be a cool one to build on the side. And then we have historic payoffs. So we mm -hmm. already talked a little bit about that with some of the doctors. There are 14 of those in the deck, um, which actually to me seems like a tiny bit low if you're going to have 50 historic spells. Yeah, I mean, we've got the engine here. We want to make sure that we're getting rewarded for filling the deck with legendary creatures. Yep. 
This next two categories refer to scrap. This is stuff that makes clues or food or treasures, uh, little artifact trinkets that are found on the battlefield, tchotchkes, if you will. There are five cards in the deck that make scrap, including uh, the face commander and the uh, his companion. They mm-hmm. make food and clues, respectively. Not all of them make the same thing, so it's hard to know exactly, but they make stuff. Yeah. And then there are four cards that pay you off for making scrap. Yum, yum. So when you sack an artifact or if you sack a food or something like that. Or when you attack, sack a, a X number of foods or yeah. whatever artifacts. The yeah. number of artifacts, that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. And then finally, there's tap abilities, which is a very minor sub-theme in the deck. There are six cards that have tap abilities. I wanted to mention that because it goes specifically with the fifth Doctor, which I think is a very powerful effect. That's the untap one. Yeah. Um, Gives them It's a very powerful effect, but it isn't great out of the box. Yeah, yeah. You I need think. to definitely build around that to make it work. Otherwise, it's... I mean, and that is, I think, of all the Doctors calling out to being like, there's a deck to build just this. You should go do it. And it's great, but it isn't this Commander of the box so all right those are the stats um pretty impressive they did a good job as always it seems very well balanced Mm -hmm. uh we'll obviously get more into it whether or not those stats need to get adjusted especially with the cards that we're going to add in but let's talk about who you should run as the commander and i actually had a lot of trouble with this because Mm -hmm. at first i was very drawn to the first doctor with susan foreman after playing the deck, I saw just how intense the main requirements were. And I thought, hey, having a two drop that's a mana dork in your command zone every game is going to make sure you hit those four drops. It's going to make sure that you're going to smooth out your curve and just hit everything you need to. And the first Doctor tutors out the TARDIS, which is just naturally a very powerful spell. And that's going to give you even more card advantage so that when you cast those four drops or three drops, you're going to get something sweet out of it. But then I started looking at, like, oh, the upgrades of the deck. If I am to go fully into the Taurus direction, I want to do heavy Cascade. I want to do a lot more in that world. And it didn't actually seem that plausible. Um, So I'm actually uh, reverting back to the Face Doctors. I think that the Fourth Doctor and Sarah Jane Smith, because they have such great synergy with each other, are going to be the best choice for running in the deck, especially with the limited upgrades that you have. But honestly... Even with these upgrades, you could switch it out and try it yourself. You might still find a lot of success with any of those other band pairings. Yeah. I I think definitely with the limited number of cards that we can switch in and out, the only thing that we're looking at in these stats that there are clear slots dedicated to is just historic permanence. Yeah. And the fact that this pays you off for having the whole deck be historic permanence just makes it a natural fit for the deck when you buy it off the shelf. Yep, and you're going to get in V Investigating, so you're going to get card draw that way from Sarah Jane Smith. So I think this works out fine. Um, but obviously, th- this is, of all the pre-cons, I think, will require the most retooling if you really want to focus it in on a strategy. Mm-hmm. But since we're limited just 10 cards in, 10 cards out, I think the fourth Doctor, Sarah Jane Smith, is your safest bet for just getting the most consistency. Okay, we've talked about what's in the deck mechanically. Let's talk about it financially. Uh, We're going to talk about the reprint value of this deck of magic cards. Keep in mind, all of the numbers we're going to talk about today are only taking into account the reprints in the deck, of which there are only 40. Yeah, there's tons of new cards because these are all sweet themed around Doctor Who cards. And of course, we're also taking the value of the reprints at the time of recording. Um, because, you know, by the time that the deck itself is previewed and released, that's going to shift how things work in terms of how people are pricing stuff. And so we want to do it as just sort of like in the dark before anything else is revealed or released about the cards. 
Yeah. Uh, retail value these days is a little bit harder to determine than it used to be. Um, Commander precons this year have cost everything from $40 to $70. And to now it's like plus, a, yeah. they're all over the place. So I have been playing with the numbers a little bit behind the scenes to try and make some numbers that are easier for and more useful for you guys when you're buying these products. Yeah. So uh, we are going to talk about the overall reprint value of this deck. Keep in mind, this deck is pre-ordering right now for about $50. So a little bit higher than what we're used to seeing. Yeah. And of course, we cannot talk about any of the cards that are already uh, are unreleased because again we have no idea so that's going to throw things off even more like we just said mm-hmm. so the reprint value of this deck right now is $87.14 at time of recording it's not great yeah it's not great uh, and it's really hard to get a good gauge on it because again almost half the deck is brand new and right. some of those cards may explode in popularity or they might all be duds you know it's really hard to predict yeah 53 percent of this deck is unrepresented by that number uh so i broke down the numbers a little bit closer first starting with a number i've been calling your the bang for your buck value so that is taking the total reprint value and dividing it by the rough pre-order price so taking the $87.14 and dividing it by $50 off of the shelf and comparing that to pre-cons earlier this year uh, March of the Machines bang for your buck was $2.42 of reprint value for every $1 in cash spent Lord of the Rings was $2.53 Commander Masters was $1.90 and was famously low. It's very expensive to buy compared to its reprint value. Uh, And Wilds of Eldraine was quite high at $2.82 of reprint value per $1 cash. Which means if you're pre-ordering this deck at about the $50 range it's at right now, you're getting $1.74 of reprint value for every $1 you're spending. So that's even worse than the Commander Masters reprint value. That $1.74 is a rough number. And I believe this is the worst of the Doctor Who decks in just reprint value overall. But that number isn't exactly fair because, again, we said this is only representing 40 cards in the deck. Yeah. So I did something special for the Doctor Who precons because there are so few reprints versus the total value of the deck. And I took the total reprint value and I divided it by the number of reprints to give you the average individual card reprint value. Yeah, so, so like now, if you stuck your hand in the pile of reprints and pulled out a random card, right. it would be roughly worth this much. Yeah, so now we don't care about the pre-order price, whatever the coin quote MSRP is. We're mm-hmm. just looking at individual cards and how they fare in terms of their overall reprint value. So this is, again, I think this is probably the fairest way to look at it because, again, we're being skewed by the fact that there are 53 cards that we've never seen before in this mm-hmm. second. It's way more than others in the past. So the average individual card reprint value in March of the Machine was $1.38. In Lord of the Rings, it was $2.38. Ooh, so that's pretty very high. Very high quality in, of reprint. Commander Masters was $2.05, which Makes we sense. knew. They yep. had very good reprints. Uh, Wilds of Eldraine was $1.90. And Blaster in the Past is $2.18. So that's higher than Commander Masters, but lower than Lord of the Rings. And uh, maybe you could also argue that Lord of the Rings was inflated a little bit because some of the reprints are like of cool art that they've never had and people like Lord of the Rings stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, this has the same thing going for it, right? It's got cool Doctor Who art uh, yeah. that, Lord of the that has never been popular, seen. Arguably. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, uh, Doctor. <laughs> but, but that's really does, good. It does show that the quality of reprints is actually higher than what we're used to in uh, just regular like set uh, pre-counts. 
All right, so hopefully that gives you a couple of different lenses to look at the deck through. And I think it's really important to do so now because Magic is getting you know very complicated in terms of how many different versions of cards are out there, how things are getting reprinted. So don't just take the singular like, oh, the total reprint value is this, thus that must mean this. This is a really helpful way, I think, to just broaden the way that you're looking at this um, and the lens that you're looking at through. Okay, so all of that out of the way, let's talk about the specific notable reprints in this deck. We're going to talk about all of the cards that are worth $5 or more at time of recording, of which there are five. Yeah, and the first one is a non-land card, and the other four are lands. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of fun. Uh, the top one is Heroic Intervention. So this is just probably the most played green card ever at this point, I yeah, think. Yeah, it's, it's got to be close, I mean, compared to all the rampant stuff. And it is currently sitting at like $14. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if they're going to keep finding ways to reprint this card over and over again. It's kind of like Soul Ring, where even though they have a billion versions of it, it always sits above a certain amount. So Heroic yep. Intervention just has that quality to it. Um, it's incredibly good, gives you permanent hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. It's the greatest green protection spell ever um and it's it's just pretty much a stable at this point so it's glad to see it's reprinted here uh the next one is a land a land that sees a lot of play in other older legacy formats which is why i think it's so high it's horizon canopy so these are the lands that you can pay one life to add the colors in this case green or white and you can also pay one to tap it and sacrifice it to draw a card mm -hmm. so great early on fixes your mana but even better later on when you have extra mana and want to get rid of a land at a cheap price to just take another look at the top of your deck horizon canopy sitting at 13 dollars right now and then past that we have deserted beach and dream root cascade and then overgrown farmland and these are all just lands that enter the battlefield tapped unless you control two or more other lands yep these are the slow lands, so they're better later in the game, but they have two colors and they come in untapped. Yeah, these are all great, by the yes. way. I think these are like probably some of the best commander lands you can ask for because you're going to be going into later turns. You don't want fast lands, lands mm -hmm. that care about being played before you have two or more lands. Slow lands are much more preferable, I think, in commander. Absolutely. Uh, and respectively, Deserted Beach is at $8.50, Dreamer Cascade, $8.50, Overgrown Farmland at $7.50. Now, some of you might be disappointed, like, oh, all the reprints are just the lands, but I honestly, when you have cards that you can literally take out and put into any deck playing those colors, I value those quite highly. Yeah. So it's always nice to see lands instead of just some like, oh, this is a bunch of money because it's a random card that hasn't been printed in 15 years and is of medium power level. Right. I'd much rather see heroic intervention in that slot. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy about that. For context, like these are all cards that I wouldn't trade away. These are cards that I would put in my binder until I build a deck and need them. Yeah. Like there's a lot of expensive cards that are in my binder that I would absolutely trade away because I'm not using them and I don't plan to use them. These will always find a home. So happy yeah. to see them in the deck. Uh, we've talked about the most expensive cards in the deck, the lands. Great. So happy to have a strong mana base in this pre-con. We're going to talk about the best cards in the deck. These are the ones that when you draw them and you're playing the fourth doctor and Sarah Jane Smith, you're feeling good. They're very powerful. They're very synergistic. They make your deck do what we want them to do. Uh, and the first one I want to talk about is the Sixth Doctor. So we've already read this one. This is the six mana 3-3 three, three that doubles your historic permanence. Pretty good. It's expensive, but this is a huge engine in your deck, and we know it's mana hungry, so your deck has to be designed to handle a six drop. 
Yeah, and this is the card that's going to also surge you ahead of your other players with the sagas getting two of those down and also just, again, doubling any of the Time Lords that you play because it becomes non-legendary is super good. Mm. Especially if you double a card like Nissa of Traken, which is one of the other best cards in the deck. It's three and a blue for a 3-4. You have no maximum hand size and it's a Doctor's Companion. And whenever Nissa attacks, sacrifice X artifacts. When you sacrifice one or more artifacts this way, tap up to X target creatures and you draw X cards. So this swings in, sacks two, three artifacts, tap down two things, draw two, three cards. Super, super good. Yeah, you played this one on game nights, and it really took over the board. It was the only thing that was keeping me in the game, I think. Absolutely. Because I I just need to refill my hand, and there was no way to attack unless I had some way to give a card evasion, and this kind of does it. Yeah, I, uh, I I think Nissa is one of those cards that you're like, I, it gives you the punching power and also the card advantage you need to stay in the late game. Yeah. Uh, we've also talked about this final one, but I want to talk about, about him again. Alistair, the Brigadier. Brigadier. Alistair. He is not super exciting, but he does just give you payoff. He does just reward you for doing what your deck wants to do. And helps you end the game. And it <laughs> helps you end the game. This deck can dirtle 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 turtle and yeah. uh, alistair says like oh, you've if you dirtle long enough you will win the game <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah uh so i think it should be valued very highly in this deck and i want to give a special shout out to cards that you'll find in all of the other doctor who decks uh the tardis yep. as well as the sonic screwdriver Both these are cards very strong very strong you can put these pretty much into well not the tardis as much but the sonic screwdriver is a card that you could see get played in a ton of different commander decks yeah it untaps an artifact it taps for mana and it makes Scries, something unblockable makes something unblockable yeah Ugh, it, it does truly does it all yeah. uh which is on flavor for the sonic screwdriver yep yeah there was two of us that had them in game or three of us yeah, by the and end it, and by the and when it came out the entire math of the game changed change went, oh yeah. now these five new things are possible due to these sonic screwdrivers being Absolutely. on the table yeah All right, in just a few minutes, we are going to get into the meat and potatoes of this upgrade. But before we do, we have a few words from our sponsors. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, Whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. 
Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think it might need more card draw. Who are you talking to? Or is that just something you say? Oh, no, I'm on a call with Jimmy. We're uh, building a Chatterfang deck. Ooh, I just added Toski. That should help, right? Whoa, the card just showed up. Yeah. With Architect, you can collaborate in real time from anywhere in the world. Changes show up immediately. You don't even have to reload the page. So it's perfect for brewing with a friend. This is cool, but isn't Jimmy just upstairs? Yeah, but I'm I'm downstairs right now. I ain't coming downstairs. Architect is the best place to browse, brew, and playtest commander decks. Just go to architect.com slash command zone to get started. That's A-R-C-H-I-D-E-K-T dot com slash command zone. All right, we are back, everybody, and we are talking about the upgrades, the 10 cards in and the 10 cards out of the deck. This is my favorite part of the episode. And before we get into it, let's talk quickly about the goals of what these upgrades are trying to do. So after I played this deck on game nights, I went home and I went, wow, that left a lot to be desired. Because I was stuck many times just looking at four drops, six drops, and other cards in my hand that just didn't do anything. And especially compared to seeing Josh get out to that super fast start, it seemed like he had a clear, concise direction, deal damage to the table, Commander pays you off for doing it. Whereas my deck was like, hope you get value here and there. I remember there was another spell um, that allowed, it was a commander that let you cast spells off the top of your library. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a spell one, but it just it just kind of floundered because it didn't have a direction, didn't have a way to end the game. And so I think looking at this deck, laying out the mana curve, I was like, holy moly, I need to fix this mana curve, but I also need to make sure it's powered up so that if you do draw the heavier side of your deck, you're going to take the most advantage of it and you're going to be able to actually end the game and not just dirty around and so building more into where the token theme is going with the fourth doctor and sarah jane smith as well as just getting some good general value something we've talked about with these doctor who precons uh, and in all of these upgrades if i'm honest is these doctor who decks are flavor forward yeah there's a lot of cards in here that are designed in certain ways to tell the story of a doctor who episode or to illustrate a doctor who character and that is super cool yeah it does make them a little clunky to play 
They have things, they have like random sagas that are like, make a rhino and a human, sack a creature, yeah. find a doctor. This and creature then, punches one thing one time. It's very flavorful, but it has nothing to do with the rest of the deck. So a lot of what we were trying to do with the do- Doctor Who upgrades specifically is trim out some of the stuff that has nothing to do with what the deck is designed to do and just focus the the attention of Lots the deck. Lots of focus, yeah. And um, hopefully the cards you take out, they can go into their own dedicated deck and you can really build around just that character or that episode or whatever. Yeah. But this is the nature of top-down design when you want to come at it with the universe of the world and then into cards as opposed to like, here's the goal of the cards, upwards, outwards. Absolutely. Bottom up. I okay. think I got that right. Uh, we're going to talk about the cards to add. Again, we're using a $50 budget for this. We're going to add 10 cards to get this deck into fighting shape for your next game night. And we're using $50 to do it. Well, let's spend most of it on this first card. This yeah. entire section is just called General Value. We're in Bant. We need a lot of help to make this deck sing. Let's play Chulane, Teller of Tales. Chulane's just so nuts. Uh, it's two in the Bant, so five mana for a 2-4 with Vigilance. Whenever you cast a creature spell, draw a card, then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield, and then you can pay three mana and tap two lane to return target creature you control to its owner's hand. You're not going to really be activating that second part of it very often, but it is protection for your key pieces. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, you're, you have a lot of creatures in this deck. Every time you cast those creatures, you get to do the Uro thing. You draw a card, put a land on the battlefield, and really, you just need to do as much of that as possible in this deck, I think, to make it work. So. Yeah, your commander lets you play stuff off the top of your library too. So hypothetically, you'll have some lands in hand that you can play with Chulane. Yep. Uh, I like this next one a lot. It's a little bit of mixing worlds, but it's very strong here. Universes, Rachel. That's true. Beyond. War of the Last Alliance. This, this could totally also be a Doctor Who card minus the last sentence on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is three in a white phrase saga. The first two chapters say, search your library for a legendary creature, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. Great. This deck is full of legendary creatures. So many. The third one says, creatures you control gain double strike until end of turn and the ring tempts you. So you're only going to have one card in this deck that tempts you with the ring. So that just means you give a creature skulk, which means it can't be blocked by creatures with more power than it, which may be relevant. But more importantly, this is four mana to find the best two creatures out of your deck. And then should you be in a winning position, they all get double strike. Yeah, this gives you a little bit of punching power here. Plus, it's on a historic permanent uh, that gets you even more historic permanent. So you can keep triggering Sarah Jane Smith and uh, your other historic payoffs in the deck. Yeah, and I like this too because it, I think the deck, again, to be better, does need tutor ability because there's some sort of toolboxy element to the deck. And honestly, if you're using War of the Last Alliance to find Chulane, that is also a very viable play pattern. Yeah, I mean, the best cards in the deck that we talked about are all legendary creatures, right? You could yeah. go find Nyssa, you could go find the Sixth Doctor, you could go find Chulane, or uh, some of the other cards that or we're going to talk about later. To then find the TARDIS, right? There you go. You're it setting you up things. value chains, basically. Absolutely. Um, all right, the next card I uh, like... War of the Last Alliance, only oh, yeah, $2. Oh, that's yeah. right. Thank goodness. Um, the next card I liked a lot was Junkwinder. This is a creature serpent that costs five blue blue. However, it says affinity for tokens. So it costs one less to cast for each token you control. So this could potentially cost blue blue. It's probably going to be closer to like two blue blue or one blue blue. But the effect is really good. Whenever a token enters the battlefield under your control, tap target non-land permanent and opponent controls. It doesn't untap during its controller's next untap step. So your two commanders both make tokens. This is going to be cast for cheaper due to that. And it's about able to lock down stuff 
oftentimes maybe two, three, four times a turn, which is really strong, especially if you're going against Eldrazi or even like big time mana rocks and a bunch of other th- other stuff like that. Yeah, love Junkwinder. It's only 25 cents as well. Yeah. I added this last one, uh, this next one, excuse me. It is Raf Capuchin, Ship's Mage. He is only 25 cents. He is a four drop, unfortunately, but he is a two white blue for a human <laughs> wizard with flash and flying. And it says you may cast historic spells as though they had flash. Yeah. So what I like about Raf Capuchin with the fourth doctor is it says once each turn, you may play histor- historic land or historic spell from the top of your library. So if you keep, if you hit a couple of historic spells off the top, you can cast them on opponent's turn keep triggering sarah jane smith and the fourth doctor on your opponent's turns as well yeah really strong stuff plus Um, this deck is so mana hungry that being able to hold up some more interaction and your the stuff that is gonna progress your board i think is gonna help a whole lot yeah, you can also do some cheeky stuff if you have Raph Capuchin out with War of the Last Alliance because Ooh. War is going to make you shuffle your library. When that trigger happens, if you happen to have a story spell on the top of your library, you could cast it and then shuffle your deck. Or you could go, oh, there's nothing there, I'll shuffle. So there's like some fun stuff there too. Yeah. Just makes you a little bit more flexible in a deck that felt very unflexible. Yeah. All right, the rest of the deck upgrades I added all care about tokens. And I know I said there's a lot of four drops, but we're going to add a couple more because we're also cutting some on the other end. Uh, the first one is probably going to be one of the most powerful cards in the deck is Urza, Lord High Artificer. So two blue blue for a one four. And when he enters the battlefield, you create a zero zero colorless construct token that gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. But most importantly, it says tap an untapped artifact you control, add blue mana. Wow. So all of your clues... All of your treasures even now tap for blue mana. And then the activated ability, because why not? Five mana, shuffle your library, then exile the top card. Until end of turn, you may play that card without paying its mana cost. So Urza just does it all. Notably, uh, Urza doesn't help you with the fourth doctor because it shuffles first and then casts something random. So it's not like if you have a big scary thing on the top of your library, you can cast it with Urza. Shuffles first. But if you have nothing, just a regular land or a sorcery or whatever. It gives you that shuffle effect. So maybe you can find something else with the fourth doctor. Yeah. And also, like, if you're just trying to outpower your opponents in the end game, being able to activate Urza is going to be one of those ways that gets you to winning the game faster. Absolutely. Uh, this next one is great. Oh, Urza, by the way, 12 bucks. Down to 12. It's come down after the reprint yeah. in Commander Masters. Thank you, Commander Masters. Allowed you to be in this deck upgrade. All right, next up, we have a, uh, another friend, and it's the Friend of the Forest. It's Jahira, Friend of the Forest, two and a green, two, three. Very similar to Urza. It says, tokens you control have tap, add a green mana. Yes. Turning all of the value you're getting from the fourth doctor and Sarah Jane Smith into mana makes this deck play so much better. So both Urza and Jahira will just mean that and it like as your engine continues, your engine gets stronger. Yeah. And that is exactly what a band value deck wants to do. Yeah, and that, uh, that card right now is just three bucks. Yeah. I did also want to give an honorable shout out to Knight of the Sweets Revenge. This came out in Wilds of Eldraine, so it's very new. It's three and a green for an enchantment. When there is a battlefield, you make a food token. And it says, foods you control have tap add a green mana. And then you can pay five green green, sacrifice the enchantment to give your creatures plus X, plus X until end of turn, where X is the number of foods you control activate only as a sorcery. So it's similar to Jahira. Jahira is great, though, because it allows you to use clues and treasures as mana generators. But Knight of Sweets Revenge seems really thematic with the fourth Doctor and mm-hmm. seems kind of fun. 
This next one is great and very underrated. It's only 75 cents gala greeters. One in a green for a 1-1 elf druid. It has alliance. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, choose one that hasn't been chosen this turn. Put a counter on gala greeters, create a tapped treasure token, or you gain two life. Yeah, this is... You know, you want early stuff to do in these decks, and this is a card that is innocuous because people won't really touch it or care about it. And you'll find that it just makes you two treasures, gains you four life, and then gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, I something that you can play on too that is going to push the ramp in this deck is enormous. That's why like Susan Foreman is so powerful as yeah. a doctor's companion. Yeah, uh, and you can trigger it multiple times a turn, which is great. But ultimately, I think this card, if it gets out, no one's going to kill it. And it's mm-hmm. going to generate you some value because what you're doing in this deck is just casting creatures. All right. Let's talk about the top end in this deck because uh, a lot of the expensive spells that are come out of the box don't necessarily end the game. And we're hoping that this one will. Yeah. Essex Fractal Bloom. This is a popular commander, but it's also just a good one in this deck. It's four green and blue for a four four with flying. The first time you would create one or more tokens during each of your turns, you may instead choose a creature other than Essex and create that many tokens that are copies of that creature. So you can basically say, I'm going to make a food, but you know what? That food instead is going to become a copy of Gala Greeters. Cool. I have two of those now. Or that food's going to be a copy of your Elishnorn. Rachel, why mm-hmm. are you playing that card? Disgusting. I don't, I don't know. Um, it, sometimes being able to copy someone else's big, scary stuff is really important. And Essex is one of those ways, I think, again, gives you the flexibility that War of the Last Alliance does and gives you more of the toolbox effect of what makes a Bant deck like this actually able to find a win. Yep. And Essex is only $1.25. Nice. His next one's all the way up to $7, and it deserves every penny. It's Academy it's Manufacturer. Nuts. It's so good. When it comes out, if people don't kill it and you activate it just once, you'll go, it was worth it. In this deck, it's a historic permanent, and it says if you would create a clue, a food, or a treasure, you make all three of those instead. Well, Seller Jane yeah. says make a clue. The fourth doctor says make a food. You're going to be making a lot of permanents. Yeah. Again, you, you play this card, it does work straight up. And this deck is filled with ways to make tokens, um, specifically the clue foods or treasures. And a cami manufacturer, like Rachel said, is historic. So it's just awesome. Just awesome. It's All seven right. bucks, though. One more, and he's your sweet guy. He's my sweet guy. It's Samwise Gamgee. We have two Lord of the Rings cards in our Doctor Who deck, but you know what? That's what it's all about. (laughs) Green went for a 2-2. Whenever another non-token creature enters the battlefield, create a food token. So awesome. You're already just making tokens just any time a creature enters the battlefield. And then you can sacrifice three foods, return target historic card from your graveyard to your hand. Cares about historic. Bring those, like, grab your, what is it? The War of the Last Alliance. Play it again. Play it again. If you your commander gets killed, don't spend your extra mana on commander tax. Sack some foods instead. Replay it. Sam is there's going to be a great part of this engine. Yeah, I would love for someone to play the second half. Samwise Gamgee sacrifice three jelly beans to get the fourth doctor back from the graveyard. That's just teamwork. That would be just straight teamwork. So <laughs> I'd love to see that happen. Yeah, again, you need cards that help you create engines and recur version uh bant is not known for like oh yeah rakdos kill him real fast Mm -hmm. Uh, so i think you need ways to make sure you can protect yourself get stuff back read play certain things 
get loops going and all that good stuff. Samwise Gamgee is only $2.75, which brings the total to $46.25 for this budget upgrade. Cutting it close. But we made it under the line. We did it. We did it. And okay. if you're like, you know what? That budget is sounds high. There's some pretty expensive things that you can cut off this list and you will come very close to this upgrade. So yeah. just don't buy Chulane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chulane is definitely the most expensive by far. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that's going to... That's going to make it a little more difficult. Now, we've added 10 cards to the deck, which means we've got to take 10 cards out. It's the hardest part about playing Commander, and we're going to do it for you. <laughs> uh, the cards that we are removing are, are flavor choices, or they're, again, off the plan of what we have decided for this deck upgrade. Starting with the Caves of Androzani. Yeah, so this card you might hear us talk about and go, well, this is actually pretty good, but compared to War of the Last Alliance as well as Junkwinder, uh, junk it, it does what this card does, but better. Uh, so this is three and a white, and it says it's a saga, and the first uh, chapter says put two stun counters on each of the two target tapped creatures. So that sucks. The creatures have to be tapped for you to target them at all. And then for two and three chapters, for each non-Saga saga permanent, choose a counter on it, and you can put an additional counter of that kind on that permanent. So you can double those uh, stun counters, or not double them even, because yeah, if, it, if it goes to their, add you just add an extra. Yeah. But it, here's the thing. If it goes to their turn, they take the stun counter off, you can no longer target them. Target those, yeah. Yeah. Tricky. Um, and then the fourth chapter is search your library for a doctor, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. So literally War of the Last Alliance is the final chapter of this times two, and it can find your non-doctors. So this card is just clunky. It is very thematic, I'm sure, to the episode, but not super good in the deck. Okay. This next one is an equipment. It is a two-mana uh, equipment. It says equipped creature gets plus three plus O. Oh. As long as equipped creature is attacking, it has first strike and must be blocked by a Dalek if able. Equip legendary creature one, equip three. So outside of the Doctor Who world, this is an equipment that gives plus three plus O. Oh. Yay. And first strike, but only if it's attacking. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be really hard to block. That's for sure. Yeah, it's going to be big and difficult to block. But this isn't much of an attacking deck, especially not with your commanders. And this kind of equipment is going to be better when your commander has an attack trigger or wants to get in and combat damage or something like that. Uh, So Ace's baseball bat coming out. Yeah, very thematic, though, I'm sure, for Ace, because it's the, the baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next card we're getting rid of is the Seventh Doctor. Sorry, Seventh Doctor. Three white and a blue for a lot of text. It's a 3-6. Whenever the Seventh Doctor attacks, choose a card in your hand. Defending player guesses whether that card's mana value is greater than the number of artifacts you control. If they guessed wrong, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. If you don't cast a spell this way, investigate. I don't like guessing games in general in Commander. Mm. This is a five-mana guessing game that requires you to attack and to have artifacts on the battlefield that allow you to make a choice that makes your opponent go, hmm, I got to actually guess right. Right. Otherwise, so you, you investigate two, one time. If you have two artifacts, it's very easy to guess. If you have like eight artifacts, it's very difficult to guess. Yeah, Because yeah. you're like, I'm going to guess that you... Or it's very easy to guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, you really need to have like four or five artifacts to really make Th- this a real game. Three is probably the sweet spot because you have so many four drops in the deck. Yeah. But then they're just going to say, 
No, it's it is higher or it isn't higher. You get a, a clue token, and you're, like your commanders want to make stuff, so you're gonna have a lot of stuff if the deck is working well. So it's just gonna make the game uh, easier for your opponents. Yeah, it's really clunky. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, this next one is a 500 year diary. Three in a blue <laughs> for a legendary artifact clue. It enters the battlefield tapped. It says tap add blue for each clue you control. And then two, sacrifice a 100 year diary and draw a card. So it's a clue itself. So you can do the clue thing. And then it adds mana for each clue you have. The biggest issue here is this is a four mana mana rock that comes in tapped and doesn't do anything unless your deck has already done something. Yeah, imagine playing this. Well, it taps for one itself because it is a clue. It is a clue, yeah. But boy, oh boy, four mana mana rock comes in tapped, can't use it to your next turn. Worst case scenario, only taps for one. Like you really want this to be mana positive. You want this yeah. to tap for five, yeah, which you, means like you don't, you can't really cast it on turn like... You can't really cast it on turn four. I had this in the game, I think, and I just looked at it and went, I'm never going to play this. Yeah. It's Literally never going to play this. It's going to completely just delay my game to the point where I start losing on the spot. So we're cutting it. Yep. Next up, Day of Destiny, three in the white for a legendary enchantment. Legendary creatures you control get plus two, plus two. Anthems are great, but again, you're not the deck that's just trying to get big buff creatures to attack. Um, also, it's another four drop we don't have space for a lot of them that are just kind of clunky. Mm -hmm. It is a powerful effect when you have a lot of creatures out, but again, on a sports state, and I'm just thinking about all the times when I will play this deck and it goes, you have nothing to do. You have nothing to do. You have a four mass spell in your hand, but one creature on the battlefield is day of destiny worth at that point. And the answer is almost always no. Mm -hmm. All right. This next one is a six mana legendary enchantment. It's Gallifrey stands for a white and a blue for a legendary enchantment. When it enters the battlefield, return all doctor cards from your graveyard to your hand. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a doctor creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. Then if you control 13 or more doctors, you win the game. Are there 13 doctors in this deck? No. Yeah. You can't actually activate the second part of this unless you add in a bunch of changelings. But even then, I think you only get one extra doctor. I don't know. I don't actually know you have to get a bunch of changelings. Either way, it's this is a, a wild one. I mean, it's six mana and it returns all doctors from your graveyard to your hand. In this deck, that's going to be like two, three, maybe, but three? also like, yeah, sometimes it's none. It, most of the time, it feels like it's none. There's you're no really, milling like, in this deck. No, you're not trying to actually get cards into the graveyard. You're just hoping they die to regular means. That means you have to cast them first. That's not going to happen. I think a card like this is really fun and unique, but you're doing it so that you can do the second sweet win the game in some five-color doctor deck. Right. This is this is a card that goes in, in some sort of five-color Or I guess four-color, because there's no doctors with black in them, right? Yeah, there's a doctor's companion, but you, you could do a four-color one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're cutting it. <laughs> yeah, it's out. Next up is another four-mana card. It's Dugan, or Duggan, Private Detective. Two green and a blue for a star star. Duggan's power and toughness are each equal to the number of cards in your hand. And then whenever Duggan enters the battlefield or attacks, investigate. And then the very fun ability that is completely top-down theme to the episode. One in a green tap. Duggan deals damage equal to twice its power to another target creature. Activate only once. It's called the most important punch in history. And he will never do it again unless he is a new permanent <laughs> on the battlefield. So... Four mana for three, three, maybe a four, four. He investigates when he comes in. And, and when he, he attacks. And when he attacks. Um, but yeah, you really you really need to be fueling your hand to make Duggan have the punch you really want him to have. And I just think about Duggan compared to Urza. And I go, yeah, 
mm, I don't ever <laughs> want to see Duggan. Because again, even if the ability is really good, it only happens one time and then you have to like flicker him or find a way to get it back out there. Yeah, not great. Uh, this next one is Ace Fearless Rebel. We cut her bat. She's going to three in the green <laughs> for a 2-2, two, two, four mana for a 2-2. Two, two. When she attacks, you may sacrifice an artifact. When you do, put a plus one counter on Ace. Then it fights up to one target creature defending player controls. Yeah, I hate all of these things because the one one counter is whatever, but you have to sack an artifact to do so. So you have to have an artifact. First and, of all, it's a four mana 2-2 two, two that has to attack to do something. And then when it fights, it can only fight a creature that the defending player controls. Yeah, so you have so, to be attacking them. So are you even going to have a good attack? Is Ace just going to die when she does the fight ability because it's 3-3 three, three or whatever uh, the first time it happens? Isn't that impressive? So I just see this as like so often being played and just doing nothing and having yeah. nowhere to go. Um this yeah. one's super tough. I mean, it has to be able to attack. You have to have an artifact and you have to have like some kind of clean attack or some way to get her big, which this deck just doesn't have. Yep. This next one is Leela, Seventeen Warrior. It's a four drop. It's a four drop. <laughs> three and a green for a three, three. Whenever an opponent draws a card, except the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, put a plus one counter on Leela. She gets big. Yeah. That's I, it. That's it. It's a four mana that will maybe become a five five in one and a half turn rotations. We don't play four mana five five vanillas. Yeah. And let's say this happens a bunch of times, it becomes a ten ten. Who cares? It's As not ten ten without evasion. Yeah, without evasion, it it's not contributing to the historic part of the deck. It's not contri- except for being a historic spell. It's not adding counters or, or tokens or anything else that your deck wants to do. So this to me is just like put Leela in another deck with another doctor for mm-hmm. another time. Yep. And it's a four drop. Finally, we have Bessie, the Doctor's Roadster. It's a two-mana, three-four legendary vehicle with haste. Whenever Bessie attacks, another target legendary creature can't be blocked this turn and has a crew cost of two. I don't love vehicles, and the TARDIS works because it's a flying vehicle. Yeah, and and it gets you another spell. This one is a three-four that has to attack and protects another creature in battle. Three-fours are not guaranteed safe they're in combat they're pretty good yeah they're not especially on turn like two but you already have to have like a two two in play to do anything with it so it just doesn't quite get there and in this deck the only thing it cares about is that it's a historic permanent nothing else synergizes with the deck yeah so uh unfortunately the roadster (laughs) is out and again just compare that to the gallic readers as your other two drop yeah, it just was synergy, synergy, synergy. Synergy. All right. So now that we've taken 10 cards out, we've put 10 cards in, we have tried to smooth over the game plan of the fourth doctor and Sarah Jane Smith. How is this deck going to play out? Uh, So very slowly still. You mm-hmm. need to spend the early turns not taking aggressive damage. Uh, and in fact, what you're really just trying to do is create an artifact token board state. So whether it be clues or foods or whatever else, those are the things that are going to get really powered up by your Urzas or your Jahiras and the other ads that are going to take those and make them into actual like, oh man, look at all the value you're generating. And you're getting ahead of the board. And not only that, you're getting to a position where if you need a card draw, you can sack some artifact uh, clues. If you need more mana, you can just sacrifice the treasures as well. But ideally, you're going to have some of your mana helpers out with the, with the tokens. And you're going to be casting spells with Sarah Jane Smith as your companion so that you're going to make more triggers. The fourth doctor is going to keep digging through your deck and eventually you sort of get to the point where you're like, cool, 
I can now build a strategy to win the game.、Mm-hmm. Um, and I know what I need to do to do so, or I know what I need to get out or search with War of the Last Alliance so that I stay alive or go over the top and win the whole thing. This deck plays a long game and it plays a lot of permanence. So it's going to be like you can't overcommit to the board. You can't、uh, dump your whole hand.、Yeah. I, I think if you're, the fourth doctor is on the battlefield, you really want to be casting off the top of your library for that one time.、Um, yeah. Because that value is going to maintain your hand size and make sure that you can still you can make it to the end game if there is some sort of disastrous board wipe. Yeah, and、so. your tokens usually will live through the board wipes, which is Great. So、yeah. that's why I think building up that token arm is really important. Absolutely.、Uh, and then just going from there. Great. To the listeners, what do you think of the Blast from the Past pre con? Any cards we missed? Any cards we suggested to take out or add that you disagree with? Are you a Doctor Who fan? Tell me what your favorite Doctor or companion is from this yeah. deck. I'm not super familiar with the classic Doctors at, at all.、Uh, so if you are, we would love to hear what the biggest flavor win is in the deck and what you're building. I'm sure we'll get one person out there that is upset that Dugan or Duggan is cut from the deck because of his singular awesome punch.、Yeah. But、uh, sorry about that. One punch isn't <laughs> enough, unfortunately. Uh, we talked about a lot of magic cards here today.、Uh, we talked about a very cool pre con amongst a whole suite of cool pre cons. If you want to pick those up while supporting the show, go over to cardkingdom.com slash command. Card Kingdom has a huge selection of magic singles and sealed product you can buy all in one place that will get it bundled up for you, shipped to your door in one safe professional package. I received a package from Card Kingdom completely soaked from the Los Angeles rain, and I opened it so scared, but luckily, Card Kingdom、uh, package wrappers are real pros, and all of my cards were safe. Nice. But if something had happened, they have the customer service to make sure they can handle it and get you get the cards that you're looking for. So, again, support the show and pick up some sweet Doctor Who cards or otherwise at cardkingdom.com slash command. Now, if you haven't already built a custom TARDIS deck box for yourself, you might just want to go on over to ultrapro.com slash command and find a deck box that does fit your needs. That'd be pretty sweet, though, right? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, maybe in the future, but here's the thing ultrapro.com. Get a satin tower and paint it. Exactly. Ultrapro.com slash command has all of the needs for you to make your deck protected look great on the playmat that matches. Ultrapro.com slash command is amazing. They have a huge inventory. They have so much stuff there, all the way from the binders to the wall scrolls to the dice. You name it, they've got it.、Uh, and they also have great sales every now and then. Sometimes they'll do 50% off of a bunch of different magic products. Or maybe you're trying to collect like baseball cards. They've got stuff for that too. They've got stuff for storage. They've got just pretty much everything. So if you're looking for something, go to ultrapro.com slash command. You might something, find something there. You can also, of course, just go to your local game store and get some Ultra Pro products there. That also is supporting the show. All right, we've talked a lot about、uh, Magic the Gathering and, of course, Doctor Who. Before we go, we want to talk about something quick outside the world of Magic. It's Doctor Who. Everyone should go watch some Doctor Who. Yeah, I mean, that it, <laughs> it, Doctor Who is inside the world of Magic these days. Uh, I could do a quick, a quick end step. I, it is autumn time now, and my favorite thing to do in October and September and November is watch Over the Garden Wall. Oh, yes.、Uh, Over the Garden Wall a is great, a great show. Lovely little animated autumnal show about two brothers who get lost in the magical woods. And each episode is 11 minutes and has some lovely music, and it's a very sweet storyline. It's funny. 
it's classic it's and weird and uh, it's creepy and it'll just make you feel snug as a bug in a rug yeah i think it was created by one of the uh main artists and creators on adventure time that makes so sense. yes and the main character is voiced also by elijah wood who does yes. a really good job um ashley birch also has a little uh, voice cameo at the end of the show too but it's a really great sweet story if you like sort of that weird creepy vibe as well as like interesting songs and all that stuff it really does hit on a different bunch of different levels every time i watch it i go wow i don't remember this part and it's, it's so funny and so such weird a special show because like you watch it and you're like how did this get made yeah what is like this? who greenlit this in hollywood and what favor did they call in to be like <laughs> i have a great idea and I, I'm just going to make it. And you dedicate um, a lot of resources to making it a reality. It's a, it's a, it, I love it so much. I just bought it on DVD because they took it off of like Hulu and I was oh, like, no. I, they took it off of HBO. I think it's still on Hulu. It's called Max now. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Uh, anyway, you should watch it if you haven't seen it. If you have seen it, watch it again. It's still wonderful. Yep. I love that show. Before we go, we're going to say thank you to our amazing team here at the Command Zone. Thank you to Damon Lentz, Eric Lem, Megan Yip, Garab Galati, Jamie Block, Jordan Pridgen, Arthur Meadowcroft, Manson Lung, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Sam Waldo, Evan Limberger, K- Craig Blanchett, Katie Cole, Mitch Trafford, Gabriel Poses, Josh Lee Kwai, and you. Jimmy Wong. What? Me? Doing this upgrade. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Taking and thank the you. Time. Thank you, Rachel, for helping with all of the upgrades. These Doctor Who episodes are pretty crazy. There's so many new cards and companions to analyze so make sure you check out the command zone channel for all of that as well and all the hard work we've been putting in there yeah watch the game nights if you haven't yet yeah all right everyone thanks so much for watching we will see you next time oh poop that was a bad mine one mine just always go in a chunk you gotta like i don't know there's the flick of the wrist <laughs> like a, thing. it's like you gotta fan it yeah see that didn't that there was only that one that was cool the helicopter it did it did a neat move For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. (laughs) The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now, we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.